Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, December 4th, five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So governments, businesses, investors... They've all announced over $57 billion going to climate agenda. This happening in the first four days of the COP28. How much money? $57 billion. And the United States has pledged $3 billion to the Green Climate Fund. This uh, is what our vice president now, has said a, wait, on Saturday in Dubai. Wait, 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 climate wait, summit. wait, 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 wait. Okay. I thought we did this green dream thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that we did the build back better bull crap, which we were told. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This was the Inflation Reduction. There's been so many acts, Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Inflation Reduction Act, mm-hmm. which I thought the Biden administration made very clear was not actually about uh, reducing inflation, but rather was a climate bill. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Yeah. But now on top of that, mm-hmm. even though we were told that was the thing that was going to fix everything, now we're we're throwing money at this? Yeah, $3 billion for the Green Climate Fund. Printed money, right? Because, yes. of course, we have no actual money. Right, because, you know, we're already in debt, $34 trillion. So, you know, let's just add a couple more billion to that list. Isn't it amazing that we have no money to take care of our people and our country here at home, yet we have billions of dollars, whether it is Ukraine, whether it is Israel, whether it is this climate thing, to throw at just countries and causes across the world, mm-hmm. and yet the nuts and bolts of running a government and running a country, we don't have the ability to do it here at home. Yeah. Uh, so the climate envoy, John Kerry. <laughs> who flies around on a private jet. Who's... and w- Okay, okay. So yeah, let, did you see all the heavy snow and ice that had the jets frozen in <laughs> Munich that were bound for the global warming conference? So... Think about that picture. You've got a runway full of jets, Uh jets using all of that fuel, Mm -hmm. going to a climate change conference, climate change, but they're frozen on the runway because of snow. My dad still still has this on his refrigerator. He has to have had it up there for 20 years now uh, because I remember it when I was much younger. Um, It is from when Drudge, when Drudge actually used to like have a, you know, honest tilt. I mean, Drudge has gone very, very left. And I think Drudge got purchased several years ago and, and changed dramatically. But the, and he's had this, this headline put up on his fridge and it says something in effect of uh, global warming conference canceled due to ice storm. <laughs> and, it really and, happened. And, and, and all these, well, it's still happening because the original earth day mm-hmm. was about global cooling. You know, the big, I think it was time magazine had the big cover about how the next ice age is going to be what, what sinks us. It's an ever-moving target because they can't, they, the climate lunatics, can't just let, they, they can't ever surrender on anything. They can't ever go, we were wrong about this. So it's the same way as like, well, of course, the ice age, is, the, the global cooling is caused because of the global war, the global warming. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, Casey, no matter how wrong they are, they just pivot to the next thing Mm -hmm. and this is another example like if indeed barack obama believed in climate change and believed that the the cliffs were going to fall into the ocean he wouldn't have bought a house on a cliff on a cliff next to an ocean right it's the same way as if walls don't work he wouldn't have one of his other houses has a giant wall around it 
look at these people. Look at all the, the Hollywood celebrity people that live out in California. Look at all the people who live on the co- the various East Coast and the West Coast who are these supposedly super liberal environmentalists. Look at people like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio who has gigantic, you know, uh, Boats. I mean, they're literally, what do they call those things? Yachts? Yachts. Yes, thank you. And he, they, these people pry, fly, fly private. Spielberg and all the rest of these people. They use more, have a greater carbon footprint in one flight mm-hmm. than I do in an entire year, or in some cases an entire life. But I'm supposed to feel bad about my gas-powered Toyota, or a, I don't have a Toyota, Nissan, that gets... <laughs> 40 miles to the gallon, but I'm supposed to feel bad because I'm using gas. Okay, so there's some audio that I want to play for you, and uh, one of these is is coming up in just a minute, this uh, Dutch political commentator. Fascinating what she says. But first, let's, let's hear from John Kerry. He just called for the elimination of every single coal plant on Earth. We ought to be transitioning out of coal. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. And the reality is that we're not doing it. So, um, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that um, the climate crisis and the health crisis are one and the same. Okay, so he called for the elimination of every single coal plant on Earth. Keep in mind, 36% of all global electricity is powered by coal. 20% of U.S. energy is coal. And can you tell me, Casey, Mm -hmm. one person in the history of this Earth who on their death certificate it said climate change? He's talking about the people dying. Well, that's a new thing. Hillary Clinton just came out and said, just like the the COVID list, uh-huh. how many people died from COVID. Yeah, she has announced that she wants to start keeping a list of how many deaths have been caused from climate change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so here's uh, here's your vice president telling world leaders they must do more to fight against those who deny climate science. Around the world, there are those who seek to slow or stop our progress. Leaders who deny climate science, delay climate action, and spread misinformation. Corporations that greenwash climate inaction and lobby for billions of dollars in fossil fuel subsidies. In the face of their resistance, and in the context of this moment, we must do more. You must do more, Casey. I, I must, because I'm the one yeah, who got on a private plane yes. and flew across the world to talk about something that could have been handled over a Zoom call. Think about that, all of the travel, the food, the water, everything, yeah. mm-hmm. to get all of those people in that one room to pat each other on the back. And, it, and it, by the way, she's filling in for Biden because he was too tired to go. I, look, it will never stop. It, 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 they, these people have been at this for almost 50 years mm-hmm. now. It is a grift. It is it is about fundraising. It is about making money. It is about guilting. And, and look, to John Kerry, you know, oh, so 
everything got markedly more expensive. Well, convenient for him because he married the the heiress to the what is it, the Heinz ketchup for for uh, fortune. I mean, for Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, everything got more expensive. Big whoop. They don't care about you. They don't care about your existence. They don't care about you being able to afford things like food. And they're going to sit there in judgment of you because you have the audacity. All oh, these people are jotting around on private jets. You have the audacity to use a, a gasoline-powered automobile. Okay, now here's a clip that I want you to hear because this uh, this should frighten everyone just a smidge. This is a Dutch political commentator. Her name is Eva Vlerdingbroek. What is it? Vlerdingbroek. And she's Dutch, but she's talking about the World Economic Forum's plan to impose a personal carbon allowance, which is connected to digital IDs. And this is under the guise of tackling climate crisis. Keep in mind, Greece has already started rolling out these digital IDs last week. The digital identity mm-hmm. is not just a passport that you will have on an, on your iPhone mm-hmm. in a digital form. It entails just about everything the government would like to know about you. Mm-hmm. And yesterday in the Dutch media, we saw a perfect example of what it could entail in the near future. Mm-hmm. We had the CEO of one of the largest Dutch banks say, why don't we start with a personal carbon credit? Oh. A carbon wallet, she called it, actually. Yeah. So right in line with the plans that the World Economic Forum people have for us. And she said it in a way that was particularly funny. She said, well, if everyone gets an individual personal carbon credit, why don't we make it so that rich people who, for example, want to go on holiday a little too often uh-huh. can buy personal carbon credit from other people who, for example, can't afford buying plane tickets or eating meat too often. So we can that way swap it out. Oh, so so if if Bill Gates uh, or Leonardo DiCaprio's carbon footprint is getting a bit too big, uh, then some peasant living in his hovel up country somewhere can sell his, uh, and he can't afford to go to Saint-Tropez, but he'll be able to sell his carbon allowance to Leonardo DiCaprio so Leonardo can park his yacht in Saint-Tropez for a couple of extra days. Exactly right. That's it. So what will happen is the richer, the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, and they're saying it openly as if it's not a controversial yeah. thing at all. Yeah. It's neo-feudalism. That's yeah. what it is. Okay, so and World Economic Forum, keep in mind, this. these are the people that uh, our governor is hanging out with. Yeah, and in fairness, though, I may have changed my mind on this, Casey, because mm-hmm. I would make a huge amount of money off of this. You'd be selling your... I don't go anywhere. Right. I don't do anything. I would. I might make out like a bandit off of this, and I just think I could be on the open market engaging in conversation potentially with Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, these are the things that we've been talking about with these digital IDs that have your bank records, and now, you know, talking about carbon footprints and what you can and can't spend your money on, where you can and can't go because of what it's doing to the environment. All right, Casey, we have to take a break. Yeah. When we come back, I'm mm-hmm. going re- to read you a quote as we go to break, and okay. I want you to ponder on who might have said this, because this is, well, this is some really great life advice. And so I want our audience as well, during the break, you ponder on this, and then when we come back, we'll talk about who, who said it, because this really is great life advice. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 
Personal responsibility is saying you're sorry when you fail others taking ownership of mistakes. It is something to teach your children every day. Mm-hmm. Who might have said that? What was that about? We'll talk about that coming up next. It's Kendall Lee Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. See on 93 WIBC. So you got us into break with yeah. a quote. Could you share that with us once again? Yeah, I just asked our audience to ponder who they thought might have said this mm-hmm. uh, because it was kind of kind of be the focus of our, our topic here. Quote, uh, personal responsibility mm-hmm. is saying you're sorry when you fail others taking ownership of mistakes. It is something to teach your children every day day. Great life advice. Yeah. That almost sounds like something I would say. Part of the three-step process. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's interesting, this actually came out in a a big article over at Indie Politics. Our Mm -hmm. our friend Abdul did a big expose. And the thing about Abdul is he has all the information on everything any politician has ever said or done. And what's interesting (laughs) is these are the words of Todd Rokita Mm. when Curtis Hill was disciplined by the Indiana Supreme Court Disciplinary Commission. Okay. And this was back in 2020. So this wasn't Todd when he was a a uh, Secretary of State. It wasn't Todd when he was a congressman. This was Todd Rokita when he was running in 2020 for Attorney General. And Todd said the thing at the time that was probably pretty accurate, that Curtis's actions. Let me read the rest of the the quote, by the way. Here is Todd talking about, by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar, the reason we're mentioning this, and I, I was just so into that quote, I thought Todd was just so brilliant in the way he, mm-hmm. he espoused mm-hmm. personal responsibility. Curtis Hill was had to appear in front of the disciplinary commission be, when he was attorney general right? because he allegedly had inappropriate con- contact with people in a bar. Now, no criminal charges were ever filed, civil suit largely dismissed, uh, I think maybe completely dismissed by now. No ethics violation, but he did behave in a manner that was unbecoming of someone with a law license. And so he lost his law license for 30 days uh, by by discipline from the Indiana Supreme Court. Todd Rokita had appeared in front of the Supreme Court because of irresponsible comments that he made on Fox News about an abortion doctor. He, instead of getting losing his law license, was reprimanded by the court. Part of that plea deal was that Todd had to accept responsibility for his irresponsible behavior as chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. And almost immediately after the ruling came down, despite Todd signing an affidavit for the court saying, yes, I did this, I essentially I could not defend this in front of the court, I accept responsibility in mm-hmm. exchange for not losing my law license. Almost as soon as that ruling came down, Todd sent out a press release saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just did this, took this plea deal to save the taxpayers a bunch of time 
and money. And now Todd is likely to have to appear back in front of the disciplinary commission because he signed an affidavit saying one thing and now is saying he didn't do the thing that he signed in a sworn affidavit. And I just thought it was absolutely incredible that this quote about Curtis Hill was personal responsibility is saying you're sorry when you fail others taking ownership of your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And yet he is not doing the exact thing. same thing that he told somebody else to do. And his whole premise of getting Curtis Hill defeat because Todd defeated Curtis at the convention that year was Curtis is essentially unelectable. Mm-hmm. He has this cloud of discipline hanging over him from the Indiana State Supreme Court and he will be a giant distraction for not only that office, the attorney general, but all other office holders who have to defend or explain this guy in the fall. So now Todd likely, very likely could, depending, you know, people have different opinions on this, but very likely could, just like Curtis Hill, see his law license suspended the mm-hmm. same way Curtis did. Mm-hmm. Okay. We haven't heard from him, have we? No, we haven't heard anything from, uh, at least not, I mean, not in terms of coming on our show, which is crazy right. because, you know, we walked that invite over there. That guy was very trustworthy. We gave the invite to Casey. I have mm-hmm. no doubt he handed that invite to Todd Rukita. Of course Rukita. he did. By the way, here is what Todd Rukita said of the um, this state Supreme Court when they passed judgment on Curtis Hill. So mm-hmm. whatever, um, whatever judgment they pass on Todd, if indeed they do seek to move forward with further discipline, it's going to make it really hard for Todd to paint this as some leftist radical uh, court that's out to get him. Would you like to know what he said, Casey? Yeah, what he said. And this is according to Indy Politics. Quote, This was no impeachment Pelosi clown show. This was the highest court in our state. Five impartial conservative judges condemning our attorney general's behavior. This messaging against Hill will be so intense. We will not only lose the attorney general's office, but we'll lose other elections, including local races that we care we care about. Mm, okay. So if by the own the standard Todd has set forth, and we're not setting the the standard, Casey. We didn't make Todd say this. He by, said it by, by Todd's own standard. If indeed he does lose his law license mm-hmm. uh, for any length of time, thirty days could be a year. Who who knows what it might be? If indeed he does, then shouldn't he absolutely if with the standard he set forth, if he is worried about losing local races, about the smear on the state party, about down ballot candidates, about having to defend this, isn't the only step left for him to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and not seek (laughs) re-election? If he's telling that's what other people need to do, shouldn't it apply to him And we'd love to ask him that. We'd love for Todd to come in. No need to badmouth us on Tony Kennett. No need to badmouth us on Hammer and Nigel. Mm -hmm. You can do it right to our face, Todd. You badmouth us all you want. Um, You're really good at at being a tough guy. So just come in and we'll ask you about this and we'll get to the answers, a lot of the answers that people really want. All right. It is 26 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I wanted to mention this uh, quickly to you. Yes. Uh, did you see that the Goodyear blimp is providing aerial coverage over the Professional Pickleball Association <laughs> Tour Finals in California? It's the first time the sport is receiving the Goodyear blimp treatment. Okay. So pickleball, mm-hmm. have you ever watched the pickleball? I've, I've seen it. Yeah. I've never played it. It's like tennis with tiny rackets. Right. Yeah. And I, some, the pickleball people are screaming at their radios right now. There's so much more to the sport than that. I'm trying to do a 10 second explanation mm-hmm. of something that, that deserves more, but, uh, the older population, very popular with them. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see pickleball courts pop up at various 
parks across central Indiana, obviously across the, the country. There's now a pro league is yep. my understanding. There are famous There's people. the Professional Pickleball Association, and they're having tour finals. And uh, very famous people. I think Tom Brady is an owner, like in, in one of the, the teams. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out, I think, pretty soon, because a lot of times these sports, whether it's a rugby or it's a lacrosse, or some of these sports, they kind of hit a plateau. They kind of hit, hey, mm-hmm. we have niched. We have hit all the niche. We have niched the niche, right? We've like, gone as we, far we as we can. We've taken as far as we can. Uh, frisbee, golf. And there's nothing, I'm not in any way saying this to demean the people who are into these sports. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. But there remain three kind of super mainstream sports, football, basketball, Baseball, baseball and then you've kind of like got golf and mm-hmm. and hockey mm-hmm. as kind of second tier professional organizations and then i would say soccer yeah. in the united states obviously mm-hmm. around the world soccer is is huge and then kind of like even a tier below that you've got these other more niche type sports so it'll be interesting to see where pickleball goes from here. where it ends up well this is an article from cbs and they say that the goodyear blimp coverage is signaling that pickleball has arrived as a major sport hey good on them i i'm not buying it though rob because do you remember when when threads was launched oh yeah social media mm-hmm. app and we were told that it was the fastest growing app yeah it's not. In, in People fa- are leaving threads. Yeah, in fact, the only guy left with a threads account is Kurt Darling, and he's next with the news. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317 559 Pain. It's 1033. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And uh, you a little tired today? You were out late last night. Oh, yeah, boy. I was uh, boy, I was home by 10.02. I got home at 10.02 on the dot, Casey. Did you? 10.02. Did you have fun at the show last night? I did. Casey and I uh, went to the Billy Dean concert in uh, downtown Danville, right there on the, the courthouse square. We mm-hmm. were... Uh, uh, MCing the, uh, there was a charity portion of the event, giving away a autographed Billy Dean guitar, and so we got up there with Billy and uh, mm-hmm. raised uh, several thousand dollars for local charities, and uh, had a great time. We went last year and saw him, and a uh, friend of the show, Billy Dean, always does a, a phenomenal job. Casey, mm-hmm. like, like, so here is the thing: many people may not realize, and I don't think Billy realized it until he met you in person. Yeah. You are in love with Billy Dean. <laughs> well, you know, there was a time when I thought he was really something special. And Casey actually, years ago, had met Billy Dean when you were first in radio. Yeah, we're going back to 1994. Yeah. And this is, he, he was... He had just won his his uh, Grammy yeah. for country music, yeah. and you know he was all over the charts with Billy the Kid, and we just disagree. The and he played both of those songs last he night. Did, absolutely. Yeah. And and I, look, I don't know. So you got a photo with Billy Dean back in 1994. And and I, and I don't know. And I said this last you night. You were too, 10 years old, by I the way. Was 10 years old. Yes, mm-hmm. I was. Um, and I don't know. And I told the audience this last night. It was a great audience there in Danville and Allen and Tracy and all the guys who put that on did a, a great job. Uh, everybody had a blast and they raised a lot of money for local charities. Um, I told the audience, I said, I, I've never seen a photo of you on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't know how happy you looked on your wedding day, <laughs> but it could not have been any happier than you looked in that photo with 1994 Billy Dean. With Billy Dean. Yeah. But what we did was we recreated the photo. Yes. Because I had to do a little update. And here's the thing, looking at the photo. So I've got the side-by-side of the picture of Billy Dean and yep. I from 1994. Mm-hmm. And then the one we took last night. Yeah. So this is 29 years apart. Yep. The interesting thing, the original picture from 94, we both had brown hair. Yeah. And neither one of you have brown hair now. We don't have brown hair now, do we? Uh, you should totally post that photo up on Casey Daniels 317 you on, think your, so? on your Twitter account. I think people would love to see that. So people can see. You know what's interesting, though? As I was looking at the photo, either I – now, I am I, – I did wear a, a wedge heel last night uh-huh. to, the, to the show, so maybe that gave me a little bit of height. But either I got taller or he shrank a little. Because my head's not lining up exactly right. on his shoulder where it did in 1994. Well, you know, he is, uh, what, he's got to be in his early 60s mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And he's still very well assembled for, mm-hmm. you know, a guy his age. And mm-hmm. he still he still sounds really good. He does. He and, does. And, uh, look, I just, uh, you know, guys like that. You know, the thing about interesting about Billy Dean is other than, like, say, Billy the Kid, which is kind of his, I would say it's his... Probably his second biggest song. You're much more of a enthusiast than I am, mm-hmm. but the, but the the Dave Mason cover of "We Just, we just Disag- Disagree" is pro- was probably his biggest kind of song. But he sings, and he and he was telling stories behind a lot of these songs. By the way, he did. And if you remember, I requested when he was on the show with us, mm-hmm. uh, he did do his cover of Leader of the Band he by did. Dan Fogelberg. Yeah. And he did a long thing before that about, you know, listening to guys like Dan Fogelberg and what they meant to him. And I thought that was I thought that was great. But he sings, he admitted, you know, a lot of these songs were written by other people. Mm-hmm. And he kind of told stories behind these songs. And he sings other people's writing very well. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes that's hard to do. And an artist will tell you, especially if you cover somebody else, but he's not even covering somebody else. He's, you know, in many cases, he's interpreting someone else's words. And I feel like captures the emotion of the words very well yeah he did it he did a really nice job it was a good time and of course uh we want to thank everybody who came out and especially those who uh donated to the charity yeah. events cop with the uh, shop with the cop and also the shared blessings shared blessings which feeds the hunt the hungry in hendricks county so mm-hmm. thanks to everybody who came and uh we'll hopefully see you next year yeah okay let's see you'll definitely be there yeah let's get to a couple <laughs> fun and then we'll make that an annual event where i take a picture with billy and see how we progress through life hey by the way real quick and i know we gotta get to yeah. these phone calls but you went up on stage and mm-hmm. he you know it was like an intermission type thing where uh-huh. they raised the money for charity and where there was an auctioneer up there and we were kind of you know whipping the crowd up to get people to bid telling jokes and and he hears you mm-hmm. and, he was backstage and he his head darted out he from behind up. that curtain mm-hmm. and he sprinted up there to get that photo with you yeah like in the middle of our bit mm-hmm. billy dean derailed our back our little comedy act and and he was insistent on getting that photo with you well he it, well, he i showed him the original from 1994 and he was commenting oh look how young we were and i said well yeah so we have to recreate it and he stood next to me and i made sure we were standing in the same positions as we did originally and then I and I told him I said uh, 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 in the original picture you had your arm around me <laughs> 
So let's do that again, okay? And as I told the audience, I said, Casey's husband is not here tonight. <laughs> you stay home. You stay home. You can sit this one out. I've got to go by myself. All right, we do want to get to a couple phone calls. Now, Rob, last week we were talking about um, the landscape of Indiana changing yeah. and people leaving California and moving to red states. And you had brought up the idea that when they do that, they bring their politics with them. Yes. And somebody wanted to call and tell their story about their experience in Boise. Yeah, your comments just a few minutes ago about the uh, people leaving California and uh, and the companies and so forth and bringing their politics with them, uh, absolutely true. One of the absolutely best places that I've ever lived was Boise, Idaho. Well, a number of California uh, uh, corporations moved into there uh, over the last uh, 20, you know, 30, well, actually about the last 40 years. And, uh, I mean, the place is a pit now. Real estate uh, has gone completely to hell. Uh, and it was always rated as one of the wealthiest uh, small cities in the, in the country. Well, it still is pretty much well wealthy. But uh, the politics has just totally ruined the place. It's a, you don't even want to go there anymore. Hmm. Growth is inevitable. Oh, by the way, this is a, if you've ever seen the TV show Yellowstone, now that's Montana, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is the premise of the show Yellowstone, which is all of these people have moved to where these ranchers live. They're trying to build up all around their ranch, and they want that ranch for you know, it's a centralized hub of various forms of development. And that's kind of the, the premise of that show. And these ranchers continue to fight because they want the land to be as it, it has always been. And growth is inevitable, right? Everybody lives somewhere that was at one point growth. Okay. So I'm not a person who goes, so there should never be any new houses built anywhere ever. But if you look at communities, there's a general character to the community, or at least there was. If you look at a community, communities across central Indiana up until, say, 20 years ago, there's a general character of what the community is. And some are more affluent than others. Some are more eclectic than others. Mm -hmm. Some value, you know, certain things and some value others. But if you looked at a community, communities across central Indiana, say, until 20 years ago, everything fit each other and you lived based on what you know that little slice of the pie what were you were you eclectic were you high class were you middle class were you and over the past 20 years and it's happened in almost every single community in this state in central indiana certainly in the donut counties the one that's kind of fought it more than others is probably morgan county but even there it's started to creep in this irresponsible irrational, illogical growth that has been allowed to take place where all the houses kind of look the same Mm -hmm. and all the neighborhoods kind of look the same. And it has happened in large part because that's how we've put the value. Our our local government officials have kind of put the value on is how much stuff can we erect rather than defending and preserving and caring about the character of the area's that we've long, many of us have long called home. Mm -hmm. And these people have come because they don't care about the history or they don't care about the character or they don't care about, you know, people who have lived there for 30, 40, 50 years who made that place a place that you wanted to live 
in. And I think this is what's so damn frustrating about this Leap District is that these companies are going to come in and they're not doing anything wrong if they're allowed to get away with it. And by allowed to get away with it, I mean by our governments and legislatures. They're not interested in the community. They're going where they get the best mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. They're going to make as much money as possible. Well, that's what they're in business for. And I always think this about these developers, and this is why I've always been long been surprised about how these communities roll over these for these housing developers. Most of them don't live or even work in the community that they're building this gigantic neighborhood in. They are not, they, you know... They are not there because they're going to 20 years from now care about what your community looks like or the infrastructure ramifications or the public safety ramifications or the natural resource ramifications. They're going to build those houses. They're going to sell them for as much as they can. And they're going to go back to their high rise in Carmel or Indianapolis or wherever it is and go to the next community and try to rinse and repeat. And these these elected officials just keep rolling over for these for these uh, these developers. And this is what the leap thing. It's about the governor rewarding other elitists and big business people that he likes and finds value in palling around with. And it is about him viewing him being Holcomb, his legacy on how many bright, shiny objects can he erect. And it is just now you're messing with natural resources, it's not just you're taking poor and middle class people's money to do it. Now you're messing with natural resources and there appears to be no limit to the pillaging in order to make this happen. It is 1044 with Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. And uh, well, something happened yesterday that got me worked up. Oh, yeah. Yesterday morning, we're talking college football yeah. playoffs. Uh -huh. Oh, boy. Hammer's going to join us next. And, you know, we're going to talk about it. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. front of 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc and hammer joins us in the studio from the number one rated hammer and nigel program and here's the word i'm going to use inconsistent for inconsistent what? our show being number one no, no way we've been consistently number one for five years i know casey. and you're an amazing you're amazing at it no i'm talking about the college football playoffs oh the college football playoffs mm -hmm. okay do you want the uncomfortable truth, or do you want me to just blow smoke and rainbows up your backside, Casey? Blow smoke and rainbows, please. Florida State deserved to be there. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the real reality, and listen, I get it. Florida State has a legitimate gripe. They ran the table in a major conference. They're not one of the best four teams. And this committee's job was to make sure that the best four teams mm -hmm. get in. Mm -hmm. And... I think the best four teams are in. My favorite part of this was seeing that audio, that the visual and audio of the Michigan people finding out they were playing Alabama instead of Florida State. <laughs> oh, right. And then listening to guys like Dave Portnoy go in the tank for Florida State as though he actually cares about Florida State and and their plight and how they're getting because he's a big Michigan of guy. Of course, yes. And just to see those Michigan people because I think they're going to get boat raced by Alabama. Yeah, I don't know if the uh, sign stealer had any tickets to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> 
So they're kind of going to be on their own with this one here. And I'm all, I'm, I'm all in on Alabama, aren't you? I mean, I, 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 yeah, I want to see Michigan lose. I don't know if you saw the uh, interview with Nick Saban after the fact, but they were asking him about playing Michigan and, you know, how the matchup was going to be. And he said, well, I haven't really seen him play. I've only seen him on TV a few times. <laughs> I thought, uh-huh. You know, I, I was sympathetic to Florida State. But then there was a report that came out that Florida State was part of a group that blocked the expansion of the playoff this year. So now I'm not really sympathetic to them because you had a chance to help yourself and you chose not to do it. However, it is really a joke. They they have admitted this is just a business. Mm -hmm. The the idea of Power 5 never really actually mattered because Florida State is... But the thing is right there, it's Power 5 and there's only four spots available. So of the Power 5... But they went undefeated! But look look at the odds right now. So Florida State's going to play a bowl game against Georgia. Yeah. Georgia is a two-touchdown favorite, and Georgia got beat by Alabama. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not disputing that Florida State is not probably as good. Well, they're, I mean, with a third-string quarterback, they're certainly not as good. However, they were still undefeated in a Power 5 conference. They did play legitimate teams. It's they not did. Like, they beat LSU. I mean, mm-hmm. and so we're just basically saying it, your regular season doesn't matter. Yep. And I, but the I, regular season does matter though, because I think that's why Texas is in because Texas beat Alabama head to head. But they lost. Had, but had Texas had you know another loss, one loss, but not to Alabama, I think Florida State would be in over Texas. Two weeks ago, though, Florida State, Louisville was in the top ten in this thing. And they beat Louisville, so it's not like they still aren't beating good teams. Louisville was in the top 10 because the good teams all played each other and somebody has to fall back. Hey, look, here, here's all I'm saying. I, th- I thought it was laughable, the people who were having an aneurysm over this thing going to 12 teams, because I, somebody posted what the pairings would have been if they'd had the 12 teams. There's no super dominant team in college football this year. There's, There's a couple really good ones. But but I, like I look at Missouri, and I think Missouri could have given Alabama a game. I think Missouri could give jo- uh, Georgia a game. They th- played, and it wasn't a blowout. Right. I'm not saying Georgia wouldn't win or Alabama wouldn't win the games. Uh, certainly, Oregon could give any of these teams mm-hmm. a, a game. It just I think they're over overblown this thing about, oh, there's going to be such imbalance when we go to 12, 12 teams. All right, so I'm going to throw an idea out there. Now, no way in a million years would it ever have happened, but a Imagine the money, because I think we're all in agreement here. The NCAA loves to make money. (laughs) What if the NCAA came out and said, well, our committee said it's a tie. So what we're going to have is a play-in game Mm -hmm. between Alabama and Florida State. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen in 10 days on a neutral site. And if either one of these teams refuse to participate, the other one goes. And imagine the money. This is why you should be in charge of things. Think (laughs) of all the money those schools would have made. I mean, you're still getting, whatever, like you said, 10 days off then you have 10 more days off and then we finally it's a death match and everybody makes money and we have something to bet on this is why you should be in charge of things <laughs> two of the biggest brands yeah! in the sport both go. of those coaches would say name the place mm-hmm. my team will be there mm-hmm. yeah i love mm-hmm. that hey we got to we got to get back on the right side of things on betting it's been a just a rough rough little streak here and i'm sorry i bailed on you last night on on sunday night football although i think we would have lost that bet probably i mean i feel like we would have been on the wrong side so maybe i saved you from your yourself but we got to do something tonight i mean it's 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 been bad we've got options tonight we've got monday night football which is jacksonville against cincinnati and against cincinnati without joe burrow right Mm -hmm. and we've also got pacer celtics tonight the uh matchup downtown so are you going 
I don't know yet. Uh, I might have some husbandly dad duty uh. stuff to do tonight. <laughs> so uh, we'll play that by ear. Um, but I might do a little cross sport oh, parlay yeah. here. Yeah. So well, you let me know what it is because we just got to get back in the swing of things. We got you got done so dirty on this Colts game, Jack. We're gonna go just a few seconds long here. Did we were talking about what happened to you in the Colts game? So I had a same game parlay that featured Gardner Minshew throwing an interception, and I hit every leg of that. But technically, the interception thrown by Gardner Minshew was on a two-point conversion. So by NFL rule, that was an untimed down, and the interception it didn't count. count. The, the NFL stole eighty dollars from you. Yes, they just stole it. It was a seven-to-one parlay, and I got jobs because of an NFL rule. What a terrible rule! The guy intercepted the ball. The guy. Ran the ball back for uh-huh. points. If it doesn't count, why does the kicker's kick count? Why do the points count? Exactly. Thank you. What's, <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? Monday gun day with Guy Relford, and we start the final four of Biden Madness yeah! in-season tournament. Nice. Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.